This is the Outback Way podcast, proudly sponsored by our HEMA Guidebook and Atlas. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. Thanks for your company. Today, I'm just going to walk you through a regional overview of the value of the Outback Way project and the ceiling of the Outback Way. Over this last year, we have actually been collating and collecting a lot of data and stats and facts and figures about the cost of operating in isolated and remote communities in Australia, and also then the cost of a gravel road compared to a sealed road, and what that changes in communities, in industries, uh, and and for people obviously travelling the road. So I'm just going to go through uh, a various aspects and just sort of sort of shine the spotlight on a couple of of sectors that the Outback Way truly enhances and enables uh, to reach their potential. Interestingly, the summary of the value of the local government areas along the Outback Way is, is actually significant and they deliver enormous value to the nation. So the Outback Way combined GDP across all the area of the Outback Way for Australia is $5.5 billion from a total population of 38,951 people. It's quite extraordinary. So Laverton Shire actually earns $2.45 billion from 340 people. Nanajaraku Shire actually earns $94 million for the, for the uh, nation. McDonald Regional Council is $375 million. Alice Springs Town Council is $1.7 billion. Central Desert Regional Council is $748 million. And the Bullier Shire is $37.58 million. And the Winton Shire is $81 million. So these small country remote shires are actually doing an extraordinarily big job uh, for the nation and, uh, and given their populations. Uh, besides um, Alice Springs at 25,000 people, uh, everyone else has got sort of less than, uh, you know, less than 5,000 people. So that's pretty significant. We've also been putting together an Infrastructure Australia submission. And, and in that, part of the, the whole uh, premise of that submission is to, to identify the cost of a transnational, uh, of the transnational road. So you have to identify your costs. So, and what's it costing the nation? So we have been doing some work in this area. And basically the cost of the transnational gravel road and what the nation is missing out on. Um, the current state of the route is of national significance. And what we've collected, um, historical trends of increasing maintenance frequency and the budgets of the Nanajaraku Shire Council, their maintenance funding for the road have increased 40% from uh, the financial year of 2018 to the financial year of 20. So that's a significant increase to keep maintaining and looking after gravel road. The impacts on the mining sector, um, one particular mine I has extrapolated out and the unsealed road is expected to cost them an additional $10 million per year. Uh, and so, and that's the cost of the unsealed road on freight transpiration for the mining industry um, and it's expected to cost an additional $4 a tonne that they're pulling out along the Great Central Road particularly and that's the area in which this 
they, those statistics and quantities were uh, devised from. The current travel time is actually the big cost. So the currently is 33.9 hours to drive for a light vehicle uh, and that's across the entire outback way. Sealing the road is estimated to reduce the travel time to 14.9 hours, resulting in a 19-hour travel time saving. Heavy vehicles currently require 38, almost 39 hours travel time, which will be reduced to 19 or 20 hours, resulting in a travel time saving of 18 hours. That's, you know, that's actually two full days of uh, trucking time, which is highly valuable. So the travel time savings are estimated to be $169 million for the total project. Uh, and not to mention, let alone tourists and, and just people getting from A to B. So that's an extraordinary saving if we can have this road sealed. The social costs are obviously clear. With the social cost of the road, quality is difficult to quantify, but the case study evidence provided demonstrate that education, health service and employment impacts of poor connectivity are materially impacting on the lives of communities along the route. And, and, I, and this is a really big area, and I know that there's been some papers done in regards to this, and that is the cost of, you know, the, when you don't have, it sounds Irish, but if you can leave a place, you will stay. So if we have a sealed road to isolated communities, it means that the health providers and the education providers actually know that they can leave that place 24-7 at any time for any reason without any problems. They will stay longer and continue to work in these remote isolated areas uh, because they know they can leave. That, by, by actually having that consistency of service delivery, you build trust with the community, you deliver a much more consistent uh, service and they, there's this, this, a genuine tracking of improvements of health and educational outcomes when you have consistency in, in health and education delivery. And so that in itself is enormous, and particularly in the light of closing the gap, policies and things like that, a sealed road to these communities will make an enormous difference. And then there's also the recruitment costs that are, it's, it's very expensive to recruit people um, into these isolated and rural communities. And one particular uh, statistic that we worked on was actually the, the, the standard basket of goods um, and it's benchmarked nationally. Um, and so the price escalation due to the unsealed road results in increased prices of goods. So the manager Akusha at Warburton estimates goods are on average 133% higher than goods in towns connected by sealed roads. So that's a significant increase to your grocery bill every week. Plus, most of that is not fresh food. It's canned or frozen because the fresh food can't actually get out there without being damaged. So it's a very significant part of that diet and health story. And, and that, that then has an ongoing cost to the nation as well let alone the, you know, the, uh, I guess the disadvantage of actually um, living in those areas because you can't access uh, fresh fruit and vegetables. So the snapshot of growth um, along the, in the Outback Way region, so I'm going to just focus on the three uh, largest sort of industries, that being tourism, mining and the cattle industry, um, and they sort of um, showcase certain areas of um, 
you know, I think, you know, WA is fairly well known as the mining area. Um, tourism is Central Australia and into Queensland. And um, and then, of course, the cattle is also between Alice and, and Queensland as well. And so that's uh, those are the sort of sectors. I just wanted to give you a snapshot of what that looked like. Um, so in the last five years, the bullion tourism overnight stays have increased um, by 63% to a value of $27.6 million. The Winton data suggests an increase of 63% as well over the same five years with a total value of $68 million to the region. In 2019, uh, the total caravan and camping visits nights exceeded 60 million and 14 million trips for the first time. And this is Australia-wide. Uh, when you reflect that there are 24.8 million Australians and 8.4 million households, caravan and camping holidays have become an integral part of our national travelling behaviour. So I can you're rest assured that when you are out there, you will not be alone <laughs> as you travel, uh, travel around Australia um, in your uh, caravan or camper van. Uh, to put this in context, since 2010, the market has grown by an additional 5.5 million caravan and camping trips, an extra 17.3 million nights spent caravan and camping annually. Over 196,000 recreational vehicles have been manufactured and registered. So this is a significant growth area for tourism in Australia and now with 2021 definitely being the year of getting out and seeing Australia um, and doing it in your own backyard, I think will be a, this is obviously going to continue to grow significantly. Um, and we're really welcoming you out on the Outback Way in 2021 uh, with our new travel journal and uh, our new brochure that you'll be able to see at our trade shows uh, throughout the year. So definitely uh, you won't be alone and uh, there's there's obviously a huge growth market and growth area for tourism in and along the Outback Way. Uh, and even um, the Central Australian figures are reflective of that growth as well uh, and they clearly are um, on the increase. Uh, and given the this year has not been a clear year, but the 2019 figures also suggest that that increase. So the mining, the mining sector uh, is also um, a significant part, um, particularly in Western Australia. So the goldfields Esperance um, produced 8.3% of all mining in 2019-20, and they are the second largest area. Um, second to the WA Pilbara, which, of course, sits at 60%. So there's a big jump between um, the Pilbara down to the, the smaller producers. But um, Goldfields Esperance is still um, batting well above its uh, weight uh, in regards to what it's delivering in regards to the mining. There are four, five key mining um, developments. Some are all at different stages of development along the Outback Way, and that's Oz Minerals, West Musgrave Ranges. There's a high-grade nickel, copper and succoth copper deposits and then there's the Great Land Gold um, exploring Ernest Giles 15 kilometres east of Laverton north of the Outback Way, Lake Wells um, Golfer Project 100 kilometres north of Cosmo Newbury, it's Potash, Salt Lake Potash Project and then the Goldfields Ost and Gold Road is the Guerrero Project which is 6 million ounces and its project um, is 15 kilometres east of Laverton south of the Outback Way. Uh, and the Metals X project, which is the Musgrave Range project at Wingalina as well. 
And so the Goldfields um, regional production in 2019 and 20 uh, was valued um, with the various minerals it was producing, gold, nickel, platinum, um, lithium, rare earths, cobalt, copper and zinc, silver, construction metals, gypsum, lime. Um, And so the total was $14 billion, uh, which is an extraordinary uh, value of that, uh, of, you know, of, of the resources sector. And, and the growth from in the Laverton Shire has been from 2.5 billion in 2017-18 to growing to 3.6 billion uh, in 2019-20. and 20. So the mining sector continues to grow and obviously a sealed road when it's costing the, the cost of 10, 10 million per annum just for one mine um, because of a gravel road. Is, is clearly um, a significant cost and also um, the value that the mining sector will be able to develop uh, more and more um, as the road is sealed um, is a significant contribution to Australia. So the mining sector is a significant contributor and, and a growth area for and along the Outback Way. The cattle industry now and the Central Western cattle industry value to the shires at the Winton Shire, the average um, number of animals is um, turned off is about 70,000 and so that's about 84 million dollars in today's prices and bullies price you know value is about 120 million dollars so for these smaller shires in large areas but small in population um, they are really contributing that that money is flowing through the economy um, both um, locally but also um, probably and, and more likely you know just as a as a state state and a national um, flow. The CSRO beef transit modelling, um, it, it indicates that if the road between Bullia and Alice uh, Springs was sealed, um, there would be a 251% increase in freight. Um, 150,000 tr- um, head travel to the NT um, annually. About 100,000 of those travel on the Plenty Highway. Um, and just simply the fact that the cost of the travel on the gravel roads costs the industry a million dollars a year uh, just because of the time increases and all overall the live, livestock industry um, sealing the outback ray will see it save the livestock industry 2.6 million a year um, with all the extra costs of gravel and breakdowns and weight loss and also the time lost in travel. Um, the increase in prices. So the Outback Way sealed is a key piece of infrastructure for Australia in regards to the National Freight and Supply Chain Strategy, Northern Australian Development, Mining, Tourism, Pastoral Defence and Communities. The 2020 fires on the Air Highway and the Trans Access National Dirt Road, uh, the cyclone closing the Northern Highway and a flood on the Great Central Road, uh, cutting WA off from the rest of the nation. And the last week of January, we saw Queensland cut off from the Northern Territory along the Barclay and the Plenty due to rain. The need for a sealed third transnational road has been magnified. The OHDC Alliance of Council is committed to causing the sealing of the Outback Way for the good of the nation, enhancing lives, industries and national connection. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. And it just gives you a snapshot of some of the value that is being drawn and, and being generated from the regions along the Outback Way. And uh, it, it demonstrates the, um, the usefulness of actually getting this road sealed and what it will do for our nation. 
thank you for your company and uh, we'll look forward to having you join us for another our next podcast and uh, travel well stay safe and uh, i hope you're planning for 2021 traveling along the outback way is going well please look at our website outbackway.org.au download the app before you go and, and when you do that make sure that you download every single tour whether you're heading from east to west or west to east um, and that will ensure that uh, your you will actually receive notifications of when you're going past and coming up to points of interest. So uh, be sure to download every single tour from the app and also look at our uh, website, outbackway.org.au, and we also uh, will have um, a new travel journal for 2021. We'll have a a new brochure and uh, the journal will allow you to write some stories for yourself and record your trip and and be uh, a little bit more of a memento for you uh, along your journey along the Outback Way. I'd also like to uh, promote uh, the Outback Way Art Gallery. Uh, We have 28 wonderful artworks available for sale. Uh, And if you go to our website, you can go to the Outback Way Gallery page, and that will take you through to a link to an online gallery where you can purchase prints for Christmas uh, for friends and family. And uh, that's an excellent initiative and we're putting the billboards along the Plenty Highway for an outdoor art gallery. But the actual online catalogue is available and you can certainly buy your prints and some originals uh, directly from our website. So if you go to that, uh, you can then enjoy some of the beautiful artwork that we've managed to uh, secure for this um, outdoor art gallery project. Well, take care and we look forward to your company on the next podcast. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to the Outback Way podcast. The show notes will be on our website at outbackway.org.au. If you are enjoying our podcast, please leave us a review. And if you are really enjoying our podcast, you may like to become a contributor through our Outback Way store. For $5, you can help with the production of our podcast. Please stay in touch. We'd really love to hear your stories. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Outback Way One. And finally, thanks to Perk Digital for producing our podcast, making your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's longest shortcut easier. Please travel safely. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au and if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.